All right, welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Joining me today, a long-awaited guest. Uh, super excited to <laughs> finally have this conversation and introduce him to the world and, and finally get to chat with him myself, Mr. Carlo Navarro. Carlo, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me, finally. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, It's been in the making since I met Jonathan, and then uh, I got busy with football, and you were busy with life, and we were kind of dodging each other, and then finally it just came in, and we're here now, so I'm super excited and grateful for your time. Yeah, me too. Me too. Excited to chat. Absolutely. First off, I love your hat. Uh, the little thank the you. Pa- the pig skin. Uh, that's pretty sweet. That's I like right. that little logo. That's cool. That's right. Yeah, it's. Uh, you can talk about. I just got it done. Um, one of the, one of the things that I do. I I launch uh, products here and there, and this is the newest one. That's cool. Pig, little pig skin hat. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get that. I like that a lot. That's sweet. <laughs> I like that. Um, so for everybody listening who doesn't know you. Um, introduce yourself to the world, if you would. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm, my name is Carlo. Uh, you know, it, the simplest in the simplest form, I'm a, I'm a marketer, uh, entrepreneur. I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a dad to five Whoa. kids here in Chicago. And uh, yeah, I, I've been a, a a longtime marketer. I work with uh, multiple brands and personal brands um, and been doing that for independently for the last four years, but have, I've always worked in marketing for my 20 years of, of experience. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a really great journey as an entrepreneur and uh, just, you know, going through the, the solopreneurship life as you, as you would yeah. probably call it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so that's, I mean, we'll start here. What drew you to the marketing world? Because I always find it such, uh, I mean, everybody interesting and what drew them to a certain, was that always something that, you know, fresh out of high school, you wanted to get into marketing? And and if so, why? Or, you know, right, why did you take that path? Or what drew you to that? Yeah, I mean, so surprisingly, I, I studied marketing when I was in college. And I, I'm working in that field right now, which is, which is pretty rare. Yes. But I... Uh, Right out of school, I didn't get into marketing. I, I I jumped right into the advertising world. My my dream actually was to out of college was to be a creative director in um in the ad world, and I found myself into the ad world, but not specifically in creative. And I, I joined a, a company where I uh, joined the media, um, the media department of it, media strategy. You know, I help place, you know, media into different. Um, platforms and, um, uh, using big company budgets. Um, but that wasn't really the pocket I wanted to get into. And so I sort of went through life and, and, and did the media thing and ended up going to sales, which I had no intention of doing at all. Cause I think that's what people did when they went to media, they went to sales and you could make good money. Uh, and, from there I got attached to a company that eventually got sold. And that was sort of my first taste into the startup life and and seeing a, a company being acquired by another company for hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah. which sort of w- was my like, oh, so that's how that's how startups function. Like you you join one or you build one and then you get bought out. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Which is very rarely the, <laughs> the case at all. And uh and for me I jumped right into the startup world and that's when I really fell in love with the marketing portion of it, the marketing, the branding, the storytelling. Uh, Innately, I've always had sort of that creative, you know, goal and the storytelling was sort of the, uh, the root of it all. And I found that you can do that in marketing and you need that in marketing and you need that in startups, you need that in businesses. And, And since that, since that experience at that company, I've been on this path of working for different startups, starting my own, failing a bunch of my own stuff, starting again, 
and then eventually finding a way to work independently with companies, with brands, with podcasts. Uh, specifically, now I've settled a lot more on content, like content strategy and creation, kind of back to that creative, yeah, creative piece again, which was something I wanted to do 20 years ago. Right. That's interesting. And that's kind of a, a wild roundabout way. One question I have on the marketing thing, what is, um, I think it's always so interesting to learn how people tailor stuff to a target audience and like, what's, I mean, how, what's your best way? Cause obviously you can take one product or one company, but you want to hit different, you know, demographics what I mean, what is one thing that you, maybe you've learned? I think that that hopefully there's somebody listening to this podcast that that could help them get through. It's like trying to maybe pick up a new demographic, whether it's their podcast or something they're doing at work. How have you navigated that channel of trying to tailor it to somebody new? Or, hey, if we could pick up a new audience over here. Is there anything? I mean, just kind of popped into my head that I was curious on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think. When I work with anybody, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, a personal brand, where whether it's a, a company B two B B two C, I think it is always, if not all the time, figuring out who do you want to tell a story to, right? You know, and it's it's drilling down specifically to who that, not just group. Like if you were to tell someone a story, who is that? Who is that person? You know. What do they like? What are their challenges? Is your is your somewhat solution uh, helping solve that pain point for them? So you think about them as a persona. We hear that a lot. You know, who, what's, who's, your, who's your marketing persona? But it really is. Who's that person you want to have this? Imagine, could you have this really cool one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone and end up talking about what you do? Yeah. And if it's authentic, then that's sort of the person you want to start with. And I think people get away from finding that first. It seems too small. And the niche, the target seems too small if they want if they're especially if they're trying to run a business. Like that that market's not big enough to buy my thing. Right. But but if there's enough people that are really interested in your thing that you seem really authentic to, then it's going to, you know, it's going to become bigger. It's yep. going to be, it's going to be promoted on its own. Um, you, you, you have a better way of telling your story to that person. You can't tell your story to everybody, right. you know, it's, um, it's not, it's a lot of things I, I relate to sports too. You know, you want to get better at X. Okay. Yep. I want to be, I want to be a better, I want to be, you know, my, my son is doing a quarterback training right now. Nice. I want to be, a, I want to be a better quarterback. Okay. So you just don't like, Go let them go, you know, do what, whatever you, you, you pick out specific, you know, things that you need to work on. You need to learn, you know, what are those challenges? What are those things that you do really focus on to get better incrementally? Yeah. Same thing with an audience. Like who do you need to be talking to that resonates with them or else it's just kind of like a, you know, cocktail party. Like, you know, Hey, what do you do? What do you, I do? And it's, it's very like, you know, small talk. Yeah. Uh, I like the tight end sports and obviously that's big into my world as a football coach and uh, working in sales still. What's, what are some of those? I mean, obviously I'm assuming you played sports growing up. What are some of those? Cause that's always fun for me to learn some of those sports moments or memories or, um, lessons that you learned that have helped you navigate into this new business world. Yeah. I think over the last couple of years, the last two, three years, I, I set a personal goal for myself um, to uh, kind of take my golf game to the next level. There and I was, um, I played, I started golf really late in life uh, in high school, my senior year in high school. It was uh, brand new to the school and I, I, uh, I left the soccer world to play golf um, and then really uh, just self-taught and kind of gave myself, I never had a lesson, et cetera. Um, I found myself, um, excelling pretty well in golf. And in the last couple of years, uh, I really kind of, you know, gave myself a challenge to see how far we could take it. And I ended up, I ended up getting to a place where I would qualify to play in some free qualifiers for, um, the, uh, the mid amateur and did those qualifiers in Chicago. So that experience alone, 
like putting myself into a world I didn't know. I never played really competitively at that level. Um, and it wasn't so much the, it wasn't so much the physical aspect of golf, like n- not even like the physical aspect of my swing or X, Y, Z. It was, it was all my mindset. Mm-hmm. And golf is another game that just took my understanding of how much of a strong mindset it takes to play that really resonated um, to the business world. Um, there are going to be a lot of times where, you know, you don't get the client, your, your business is not, um, doing well, you're not making any revenue. And so how are you going to take those moments and sort of, and it sounds cliche, but pick yourself back up from, especially being a solopreneur. Yeah. Right. And you don't have a team around you to really dictate or help, um, you know, build your business the same way I found myself in these qualifiers. The one qualifier I actually, um, I, uh, you know, I took myself out of the of, of the qualifier. I was doing so bad. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I gave up. Mm-hmm. I honestly I just gave up. And, as, and it was that moment where I, I said to myself, man, like, how are you gonna how are you gonna uh, approach this next time? Because you just can't give up. And again, on the golf course, you're on your own. Like mm-hmm. I am I didn't have anybody. I actually didn't have a caddy at that at that time. You could have, I didn't know. I, you know, I I kind of pushed my cart myself. But it's the self-talk is the the mindset that you that you have to put yourself in yeah. to win. Um, the golf game it didn't look it was not pretty. You right know, there are there are years you know I've been doing the independent sort of marketing business thing for almost four years. There are there were years that were great. There were you know a year where it was just not good. Mm-hmm. You know, and what do you do? Right, and you have to figure out how to, how to be different, how to find your target audience, find your target clients, right? You can't be everything to everybody. I think that's where, um, again, going back to that, that's where a lot of the things for me didn't work out as well because I tried to have so many solutions that I could do everything for everybody and say yes to everything. Right. Because I I needed the work. But when you start to really focus and target, like, I have a specific client and more clients now in podcast marketing. Mm-hmm. I help them scale their podcast. And that is a client niche that I'm finding to be really successful for me. And in January, I'll be launching a course called the Podcast Marketing Playbook, Very where I cool. take everything that I've learned, battle tested over the last four years, and putting it into a course to help teach other podcasters. It's at first it was like, man, this is too niche. Yeah. Like too niche. Like who, who wants to do that? But then I've had more podcast folks contact me for like a, you know, 15, 20 minute zoom meeting to talk about, well, how do I scale my podcast? Well, one, there's a million tools. There's, there's a million ways to do it, but here's how I found the best way to, to kind of scale your audience. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that could be something that people could want. I kept asking more people and I said, yeah, that'd be great. It'd be something that they'd be interested in. And so again, we're going to test these out, you know? Sure. And I think that's what's what's cool about being an independent kind of entrepreneur is that you could build new products. You can try new things really quickly and sort of turn on a dime to see where it takes you. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I have a question for that, but I want to come back to golf for a second because I love yeah. that you use. So, as a football coach, I use golf a lot. Um, oh, first off, what are you shooting these days? So my hand, my handy is uh, two point four. Wow! And so um, I've I've gotten down to two two four on my own. Um, I'm not a product of the country club. I'm a I'm a product of the uh, the public course system. Shout out um, the Munis. The munis, we hack it up there with my kids and they, they do well, they, they have fun. And, um, it's, it's a different world, man, because when I first walked onto that qualifier, man, I, and, and it was at a country club, it was at a private club and I felt the most uncomfortable I ever felt in my life. Sure. I did not feel like I belonged there at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, it was such an interesting experience for me. I think right away that my that's when my mind like went off the rails my my mindset because it, right away i was like i don't belong here right whereas and i i actually earned my way there right 
And I remember talking to Jonathan. He's like, no, man, you earned your way there. And it's like, I know, but it's just like, I, I don't, everyone here is like, you know, they're, you different. know, they're different. They, they've been in this world forever. And then I, from there, I just knew that it just, that was not the good mindset to be in. You can't do that for 18 holes. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think it's funny too, because I feel like a golf course is one of those places where people decide really quick, like, Oh, I don't belong here, which is funny because it's, it's a golf course and it's a game. Somebody just paid more money to be there that day, but relatively they're all the same, you know, most of them. Oh yeah. Par 72, right? Like it's all the same. And I love the, I love the uh, mindset behind the game of golf. And one thing I like to use a lot is the history of the golf ball. And I don't know if you've ever heard this. So when they first started playing golf, the ball was just round, just a perfectly rounded ball. And as they played, and they started to dent or dimple the ball, they realized that the ball would go farther and farther. And so it's just a perfect, for me, uh, analogy of, okay, in life, every dimple on your golf ball is something that you've been through and pushed you to here. Okay, now you're here. and But it's made you better, and it's gotten you farther and farther and farther, and all those things make up your story. And that's the best part about golf is that you wherever you're at, you could have hit a great shot or a terrible shot, but now you're here, and the most important part is the next shot. What are you going to do right. from here? That's right. right? So I right. love the the analogies and the mindsets that come from the game of golf. Yeah, and it's um, it's a different. You you flex a different part of your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to make decisions. You have to, and that's why I loved actually caddying for my my uh, my kids when they started to play golf um, for the junior the junior tournaments. Is you know we can give you every option and kind of give you the lay of the land as a caddy. Right. I, you know, you tell my son, you know, at the end of the day, it, this is your decision. You know, you're going to come up with your, what you want to do, but mm -hmm. you know, I want to make sure that you understand all the, um, you get all the information to make this decision, but now it's up to you. Right. You got to execute. And so, you know, one particular hole, he just wanted to try to drive the green. I said, well, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> and there's OB on the right. Yeah. There's water on the left. So I think we should lay up. And he's like, I just want to go, go for it. I'm like, you know, what? you can do that. Didn't go well, but yeah. you know, those are the lessons you learn. Right. And right. I think that's, has a lot to do with life. Absolutely. No, that's, it's fun. It's fun to hear those stories. And I just love when people equate stuff to sports. Cause obviously sports has played such a big part of where I'm at in life. Um, I love that. I want to come back to the podcast course because it's something that I find interesting. When I started this, it was I wasn't coaching at the time, and that was kind of like to fill the void. I didn't have anything that was keeping me disciplined, you know, like a weekly, daily thing. So that's why I started this, and then it really kind of grew, and that's awesome. But then I got to a point where I, like, solely focused on monetizing it, and I hated doing it. It became a task. So then I got out of the studio and now I'm free, like, you know, independent. I can do it whenever I want. There's no time slots to fill. I don't have to do it anybody else's way. It's all on me. And now it's so much more fun again. So I'm curious, all the people that reach out to you, which this community is crazy, right? Um, I don't know. I read a stat. Like if you do 10 episodes of a podcast at all, like you take a podcast and you do it 10 episodes you're automatically going to be in like the five top 5% in the world. Cause most people don't last past five or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think it's like two, they yeah. don't like they do like two episodes. Right. So, and I know like uh, <laughs> there's one, so um, Jonathan was on his podcast and I do another podcast with him. One of my best friends, Jeff Heinrich um, and Jeff, when he was starting his, he was looking for names and he was like, he, uh, Jeff and friends was one that popped into his brain and he looked it up and there's one on uh, Apple podcast and it literally is just the intro and there's, and it was three years old and that was the only episode they ever dropped. And I've met people that have started or recorded their first episode and never pushed it out because they're worried, right. Of what people think, which is another thing that we can get into. But when people come to you or have reached out to you, and like this, this space is growing like crazy. And I love it because everybody's is different, right? Um, 
Mine is uniquely mine. What Jeff and I do is different, and what he does is different. Yours are different. Jonathan's are different. Everybody I know in this space, although we're talking and having conversation, they're so different. What have you seen people wanting to do podcasts for? Do people, I mean, when people reach out to you, is it people that genuinely think, like, I can monetize on this, this is going to be a revenue stream, or... Do you see, like, I know, like, a lot, like, you talked about, like, brands, and I think that's a thing that's popping up. Like, people, whether it's a personal brand or, you know, an actual brand of a company, whatever, people are taking podcasts and using it that way. And then I think there's people that are just doing it as a hobby or for fun, much like myself and people I know. But what are you seeing in that space right now and what's kind of the, what's kind of the push for people getting into it in your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool, that's a cool question. Um, because a lot of people come to me for varying amounts of like needs, right. For, for podcasts and, and understanding what they're doing it for. There's, there's a portion of it where, let me back, let me backtrack. So podcasting is really a piece of just, uh, it's a, a, a type of content that you're mm-hmm. putting out there. Right. So that content has to have some sort of purpose, right. Whether it's in, in a personal purpose, fulfilling some sort of creative itch, um, wanting to kind of tell your story or, or want to elevate other stories, right? That's, that's one thing. Um, there's other, there's a, other clients or people that it's a part of their marketing sort of funnel, right? Mm-hmm. They want to use the podcast to elevate uh, not just their brand, but within their sort of niche to bring more exposure to maybe their product or solution, yeah. Um, it may not be directly related, but it is another piece of content that is more authentic and um, not as direct sort of marketing or direct sales driven. Yeah. So you sort of have that, you know, you do it kind of personally, you do it um, as a, as a hobby. Um, and then you do it as sort of like a, a part of a larger um, marketing mix, yeah. if you will, uh, which is super smart. And because, you know, people love to be on podcasts. People love to have, end of the day, people like, people like to have good conversations. Correct. And if you can harness that and be able to tell that in this certain way, that's, that's amazing. I think where people get really stuck is that if their goal is to monetize, that's a bad goal to start. 100%. And because I... The funny thing is the the podcast course, I, I barely even touch about monetization. I love that. Almost not. not I'm, 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 it may be a separate piece to talk about because you have to really get to a certain point, right? Like Correct. if people are recording two podcasts on average episodes, yeah. <laughs> monetization isn't really in the, in the, you know, in, in the picture. Um, it's almost like saying, um, I only do this for the money. Right. So, okay. Well then if you only play sports for the money, I mean, yes, eventually, like if you're in the NFL or if you're, you know, uh, John Rom, yeah, <laughs> John Rom going to live, <laughs> play for live golf. Um, but you know, you, at some point you, you start, you have an innate kind of reason to start, right. Whether it's a business goal, a personal goal, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it monetization. It, it's, it's not really a part of the conversation at first. Right. No, I love that. And I, I don't think it should be, I think, yeah, no, I, I like my, I guess, you know, and that's why I'm doing it this way. I didn't know what to do for a podcast. Right. So when I started this, I, I worked at a studio, I worked with a studio and they, you know, helped me get it off the ground and then it was going, and then they're like, hey, we'd really like you to stay and be a part of this. And I was like, okay. And then you're kind of like contracted to be a part of a recording studio, which is a crazy thing. And then um, then that's where I felt like the pressure to monetize, right? And then you obsess with numbers, and it's how many downloads, how many – why is this one not doing as good as this one? Like, And then yeah. it's – then you totally just get off course. And then I have, you know, conversations much like we're having now. And I look over and it's already been 25 minutes and it doesn't feel like it at all. You know, like yeah. that's yeah. what I love when it's just now back to a genuine conversation, me essentially meeting someone for the first time and we're just talking and right. And 
Yeah. I hope whatever people do, um, I because I think it's a great space. I think it's a great thing to do. It's fun. It's fun. I know it's not for everybody, but I think I just am. I'm always curious because people that I've met through podcasting, they're like, well, especially some younger people, right? Because they see certain people taking off with things, and they're like, well, you know, we're gonna try to push sponsorships, and I'm like, man, you got a long ways to go. Like, uh, this is gonna be episode eighty nine. And I've had a, I've had a sponsor for a minute and okay, yeah. you know, but it was nothing crazy. And then you just move on. But I think as long right, the thing I loved is you said, is if you do it for the money, right. Or it's all about the money, then anything in life is it's no fun. Right. And I mean, back to sports, right. I mean, they want to monetize right away, but first of all, it's all about consistency, Correct. right. And putting in the reps, like you're not going to get results if you're just not putting in the work and putting in the work is is recording and i think people don't realize how much work it is to actually do a podcast right i mean it's easy to hit record and get it going and i think that's why like i I built this course because there are certain i'm all about building systems right there's a systematic way that i found out on how to distribute all this kind of stuff that you're doing because what it does it allows you to free up your sort of busyness and, and focus on the creativeness of what a podcast is. And the creativeness is in the conversation. And if you're worried about numbers all the time, you're worried about how do I, how do I get this viral or how do I get this promoted? You know, there's ways to automate that stuff now with given all these awesome tools that are out there. Right. And allows you to think about just like the next series of creative creativity. What, what, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to, you know, bring the light What's my, what's my POV? What's my point of view? I think those are the important things that will plus consistency over time will get you incrementally better. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. What's one thing that, uh, not to spoil the course, because I think if people are interested in, they should check it out and we'll plug it at the end of this. But, um, what is the like top thing you've seen? Like people's number one mistake when starting a podcast. Yeah, I think the number one mistake right away is like, okay, you got your recording, right? You know, you you, you had this killer recording and now you're really just caught up now and figuring out how to like blast it out to everything. Like there's no system around how do you strategically distribute this piece of content Mm -hmm. across every platform that's available. And it's, it's cumbersome. I mean, every platform out there has a different, you know, sort of thing about it, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, you start to think about what you need to do and you're like, I think that's why people quit. Right. Like, well, every episode I got to do this and X, Y, Z. I think people just, they try to be everything and they try to be on everywhere where there's, you have to sit back and look at, okay, is there a system that I can put into place to help me sort of augment the work because there's no way you can do both and then go back to recording and being present during a conversation. Right. Um, it's an art form, right? It's, it's, it's an audio art form to be able to have a conversation and interview someone and do it really well. Right. I mean, some of the best do it amazingly well, mm-hmm. right? Um, Guy Raz comes to, comes to mind, right? Just, you know, when he does, um, his podcast is the way he's so inquisitive and, and, and interested in people and brings out these stories. But, you know, imagine if he had to think about um, how to promote that on his own, obviously he's at a bigger place now, but for us small guys, you know, small podcasts, there's tools and systems to help us do that now. Right. It's in it. You have to put in the work to figure that out. I think that's, that's the part of the, part of what the, the, this course can help people do is, is I've, I've, figured it out and failed it right. <laughs> with different tools over the years. Um, so hopefully it'll help some people out. No, it's, uh, what have I, uh, how do I want to say, what have you, when did you realize that in the marketing world, podcasting was going to be something big, I guess somebody who's been around marketing for 20 some years, I think really in the last probably five, I think COVID probably pushed a lot of podcasts in the world. Like, yeah, but, um, when did you really see like, yeah, this is something that is going to really stick on? Cause I think before that it was just kind of like, you know, your favorite comedians had podcasts or like mm-hmm. some sports shows, but 
now there's, I mean, I know there's a Geico commercial out there that they play during football games, right? Like, they're like the people, they, I don't know, the guy makes a joke. He's like, oh, I'm listening to a podcast about if dogs know their dogs. <laughs> like, you know, like, right, there's literally right. a podcast on everything. So when did you really see this space taking off in that marketing world? Man, oh, shoot. It's, I mean, it's, it's been a while because, you know, I, one, I think being in, living in, in, and growing up in a city like Chicago, um, uh, for being here for so long, right? Like, um, having something in my ear has just been sort of second nature, right? And then right. I have always been, I've, in my previous life, I've, I've worked at Apple and ever since the iPod, right? Yeah. iPod, you know, go figure yeah. the podcast come from iPod. Um, there were, you know, it, it became popular for a minute. And then I think when it started to really take off, um, obviously I think you know, you're right with COVID. Even before that though, I think people start to understand when the technology, when, when the technology was able, was available to help people do these things easier is when I, I saw it becoming more of a, uh, of a medium, for instance, like when garage band, yeah. right. People can, click a button on their Mac and it can, it can publish right to, you can publish your audio easier. And when the technology gets easier and easier, and then when, um, when anchor, you know, yeah. came out, right. It's like publish here. It goes everywhere. You used to be, you used to have to have distribution on, on different RSS feeds and set yeah. it up. And that was like, even looking at that back in the day, like, Oh, that that's too much work. Like, mm -hmm. how am I going to get, my audio files ready to be on a distribution uh, feed where all of a sudden you're like, Oh, anchor. Wow. That's cool. And I mean, obviously now they're part of Spotify, but you can put it on one place and it goes out and, and that's when I start to, you can just sign up right. and you can hit record in the app. Yeah. And go. Yep. I mean, six, seven years ago, maybe. And then um, I think that's where like people did a couple. Mm hmm. And then they're like, wait a minute. And then all of a sudden, not just technology, but then the expectation of quality. Right. Start becoming like, like here, we're sitting here. I'm sitting here with a, a plug-in a plug mic USB on my laptop, right? Yeah. I'm not in the studio. It's the same way, the same way like music became, you know, someone can release their own album independently. Absolutely. Right. So I think... Um, and then people started getting smart about it, right? Like, okay, so there's the way the market is either you're, 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 you have audio, uh, you do it through video or you do it through, you, you write blogs. Yeah. Well, well doing a podcast now you can do audio and video at the same time. Right. Right. And that's when it starts to take off COVID. Obviously I think, yeah, people like I'm, I'm bored. Let's start, let's do a podcast. A hundred percent. They do one or two, yeah. <laughs> and then the, I think the dip, though. If you, I think the, I don't know the data specifically, but the the data on like the amount of people that stopped doing podcasts post COVID because like it opened up again, it significantly dropped, which is I thought was is really great because the people that will continue to do it consistently will rise to the top. Yeah, kind of you kind of get rid of that kind of mess that there's so many people. Like you said, your 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 friend. Is there's just like people taking up real estate on names, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the hardest thing. I think like even when I was like <clears throat> this one, I've had ever since I was like I think I want to do it. For some reason, I've been you know creative like that in that aspect, like coming up with names. Like, like I know everybody like jokes like fantasy football leagues. Like I don't know, it's just like always been like something like quirky, simple like that, and then like. So like this just always came easy, but then when Jeff and I started ours, like he like we went back and forth forever on like what are we gonna call this thing, right? And then we start digging in, and it's like that one's taken, you know. It's like it's it's a it's a very flooded space. Yeah, I yeah. But guess. think of, what's interesting, but think about like think about the podcast that you love, right? And you want to tell your friend about it. Yeah. And I'll use you an example. Be like, oh yeah, you should listen to this podcast. It's this guy Bennett. I forget the name though of the podcast, but this guy named Ben is the host. They're 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 referencing the host. They're referencing the personality all the time. Right, right. So the, it, you're the you're sort of the attachment. So I think people get hung up on the name, but who? I mean, really, who cares about the, what the name is? Like it's right. oh, it's it's Ben is the guy. The guy has got this podcast. I forget what's the name of it, but yeah, he's he's really good. 
Yeah, that's so funny too. And that's why I think like <laughs> probably Joe Rogan just like really capitalized on it because right. it's just a Joe Rogan podcast, right? And right there. Right my there. favorite one of them is like Theo Vaughn's and his is called This Past Weekend. But I never tell people, and it's funny that you say that because I don't think about it till now. Where it's like, did yeah. you, did you listen to this past weekend? And then people are like, what? Or but I'm like, You're did right. you listen to Theo's new podcast? And then people oh yeah, are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you see him everywhere, right? Because exactly. like he's the first. We've always said it. Um, we say it all the time on 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 sort of the the podcast meetings I'm with with the, with the clients. Like people follow people. Mm-hmm. People don't follow brands unless. A very rare case, right? You you got your big brands of the world, right? Like Apple and and Nike and stuff. But even then, it's it's the personalities inside that that represent that brand. Absolutely. So it's um yeah, it's it's you're right. Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I struggle with that all the time. You know, do what, what do I call my agency? It's like no, it's just it's just me. It's my name. You know. Yeah. No, I I loved sending an email. To Carlo at carlonavarro.com. I thought that was right. like, that. he's made it, dude. That's uh, There's nothing yeah, no. more baller than that right there, to be honest. No, uh, no it's... Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, one thing you referenced earlier that I want to be sure to ask about, because I'm not sure everybody knows. When you say, okay, entrepreneur, I think everybody understands, but like when you say sol- solopreneur, what do you yeah. what do you mean? I Obviously, I get it, but like, what do you mean yeah. by that? What's that meaning to you? The meaning to me is like, it's... It's just me, right? Yeah. I'm I'm the sort of I'm the brand. I'm the the person that people work with. Um, you know, it it wasn't that I set out to do that. It 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 was actually since COVID, when I started working with individual as an individual, being brought into different different companies to do marketing, and then I would get out. Like I would, I wouldn't necessarily be a consultant because I would actually do the work. You right. know, I love doing the work and going in there and and helping the brand, you know, scale. And then I would move on to another brand, but it's not, I don't have an, it's not an agency. I don't have like a team of people. I, I leverage different tools to um, kind of do the work, but right. I do it all on my own. And what's, it was interesting because the solopreneur thing is, is it's a, you see it a lot now. Um, and there are, there are a few guys, or a few um, guys and girls that do it really well. I'm not there yet with at their levels, um, but you know what they're doing is really f- is is managing and and control of their own time, right? And for me, yeah, that's the ultimate goal, right? To to have this like kind of free time to do. And for me, it's not necessarily free time to just go sit on a beach. It is I have I have five kids, right? Like they require a lot of attention and time, and there's only a certain time frame where. They're going to have, I'm going to have this time with them when they're young. So how can I set up sort of my career in a way where I can manage the exchange of time, right? For, um, I don't want to exchange too much time for money right? at the end of the day. So a part of the business in 2024 for me is, is saying like, could I carve out 50% of my time to client work and be very, very, uh, thoughtful about that and, being able to say no, even though it could be, you know, incrementally some money. Right. Um, and that's the reason why I'm, I'm launching this course is that can this course become a, in a sense, product that allows me to free up, a t- free up time. And the goal is to have half of the revenue come from a product like a course. I hate saying passive income, but that's sort of the, the stream of it type of income that it is, right. that, it, that it can be. Not that it is it that it can be, um, but if I could figure out that, that a, a good mix of that in twenty twenty four, that would be fantastic. I love that. Uh, my biggest question, and I love this that you said this, but when did you find out that time was your greatest asset and worried about time more than money? I think it's when I have you know is when I had kids. Yeah, and. Um, you know, because you think back and it was when I first started having, when we first started having our, our kids and then I was, I was at a, I believe I was at a place where I had to request time off. Yeah. And I had to, or at least had that sort of nervous feeling about emailing, you know, your bosses about your daughter having to have a doctor's appointment and not get in trouble for it. Right. 
and you're like, why am I, why am I nervous or stressed out about requesting time for my family? Mm -hmm. Now, caveat, like, you're right, that'd be great if you could all do that and not have to do that. But, you know, there, there comes a lot of other stresses with trying to build your own thing, too. But I think that was a moment where I was like, well, why do I have to continue to get approved time to pick them up from school, take them to a doctor's appointment, spend time with them and feel like I'm I'm squeezing this time out, this time, oh, I'm, I'm taking this time away from them. Right. Right. Um or I don't get home at a certain time and it just starts to add up. And I think when you, when I had more kids, it, it was became more apparent, you know, when they started to do activities and um, practices and performances and, you know, we did football, football, tackle football for the first time um, this past fall, which was, man, I can, we can go off on that because I could, had just the most unbelievable experience being a first time football dad. Yeah. Um, but the opportunity to be there at the three days a week of practices to be at the field at 4.30 p.m. was awesome. Yeah. And being able to see other dads there who are also my friends that run big comp that run companies, but they're there because they they were able to manage that and, and have that culture that it was okay to do that. Yeah. And there were dads there and I'm, I'm calling out, you know, dads and moms there, but for me, you know, looking at it from the dad, dad, dad lens, right. There were dads there at, you know, their son's, uh, practices that, that says a lot more about where we are in terms of a culture and where we need to be in terms of, uh, understanding time is the greatest asset. hundred percent. Yeah, it is. And I love, I love hearing you talk about it and it's not something that I just recently realized, but I think, um, when I made my move to Arizona and left my hometown and, and a small pocket of life that I was in and in comfort. Right. And then it was like, because now I go back for two weeks in the middle of summer and we try to squeeze everything in, but it's just like, it's so nice to shut everything off and it's my break right before football. Right. Like I don't have a lot at the end of July and then we just go. Right. And, um, yeah. so it's just, I, I don't know when I realized, but it's like now I'm just at the point where it's like, all right, time matters. Like if I can't do this, like I love my job, my day to day job and who I work for. The people are great and they treat me well and they give me a ton of flexibility to do everything I want to do. But if it ever came down to like time to do something or work, like nobody's going to ever remember how good of a salesman of welding supplies I was like, right. That's not yeah. it. You know, like that's never going to be who you are. And if you yeah. are, and like if that, and I just think it's so crazy how people just wrap up in in that trade time for money, trade time for money. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, not necessarily, I don't want to say chasing money, but I'm just f trying to find stream or money so I can have more time. Right. Like that's yeah. it. Like, and I think once you find that, it's just, uh, your brain just opens up a little bit, you know, and I don't know. It's a, I love to hear that you're doing it. I don't have any kids yet. I'm recently engaged, but, um, Hey, congrats. Hey, there thank you, you. So I just, you know, just finding those things and, and spending more time with people that are important, I think is, is the number one thing you can do with a life. So it's so cool to hear. Cause I know you're not, we, we've been trying to plan this thing since last April. So I know <laughs> you're not easy to, you know what I mean? To just sit down yeah. with. So I think that's so cool. Um, what I did, you did touch on it just a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people think that working for a massive company like Apple would be just like, oh, it's so sweet. I work for Apple. Maybe you had a wonderful time and you don't have to get into it. But what was your time at Apple like for you? Or maybe what did it make you realize? And maybe you didn't want to. I don't know. But what was that time like for you? Yeah. So my, my time at Apple is really unique because... <laughs> I had started to work at, at Apple, uh, Apple from the from a retail perspective. It was actually I was I was ending a, uh, a st I had failed a startup, right? I was like, man, we're about to have uh, our first baby. My wife and I were she's like, yeah, you gotta get a job. Yeah, like I, we gotta do something. And I said, well, I walked into the Apple store and uh, here in Michigan Avenue, and I I, I saw someone that I still connected with today. I was like, I need a job. I'll work here part time. 
and ended up going through the interview process there and and worked as a retail employee at Apple Retail. Man, you know, I wore the wore the the red shirt, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a retail employee. I have no uh no you know no qualms about that. Um, about a month in, they had these things called business teams that were being uh, created inside Apple Retail. One of the managers came down and it's like, "Hey, man, I I think I know." He goes, "Did you your experience? Are you can you can you make phone calls?" I'm like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> like, I'll, let's go. What do you need? Yeah. Took me upstairs to the offices. He's like, "Hey, we're we're trying to do this like business team thing. We're like we're trying to." basically target our customers that come into retail that may be business customers that may want to buy app products and use their solutions for their business. I'm like, cool, man. I got, I know a lot of startups, all that kind of stuff. And so it just started, had a list of like 500 people, like just started dialing, you know, that's where my, I think where my sales, uh, the sales experience came in Had no qualms about picking up the phone. Right. And from there, man, it's, it was, it was such a wild ride because you know, we weren't, uh, we weren't like corporate salespeople. We were, we were sales. We were like a small gritty team of like four or five, got four or five people in a retail store that were just like dialing, having a good time and like selling Apple products. And it was like the time when iPhones were taking over Blackberry. So it was yeah. like this really cool I- iPad was, was being announced. And it was just a really cool point in time during kind of Apple's history. And we were just crushing it, like from a retail perspective, from like the business perspective. And that was so much fun. Yeah. And I think that's where I got a lot of, so my experience there was like amazing because I, I realized how to position and sell, not from a product perspective, but from a solutions and storytelling perspective. Right. Like Apple is all about what the products allow you and empower you to do not that it has like the fastest processor. Right. Right. Um, we, uh, we, we made such a wave there that like corporate came and, and shattered us for a day and cause in seeing what we were doing, cause we were, we were just like cruising, cruising as a sales team. Um, and that was a good, like four years of my life doing that. Um, yeah, but it didn't start out like, Hey, I'm just going to go work for Apple. Right. I, right. I was clocking in, man. I was clocking in, clocking out. And that's also what drove me to not want to do that eventually, like for the rest of my life. Right. That's mm-hmm. that whole, like I had to be there at certain times. You right. couldn't control the way you couldn't control my days. Right. Right. You just had a baby. We, we had a baby during that time and that was also tough. Right. I had to work on weekends when I had to be in retail. Right. Yeah. Not a ton um, of fun. Not a ton of fun. But that also a lot, gave me a lot of lessons in, in marketing, right, in, in, in sales and, and from a brand and how they storytell. Right. No, that's cool. I love that. I love, I love seeing how that, I mean, I love that you have taken everything that you, good or bad, and you've turned it into a good learning experience, right? And I can, I can feel that from you, and I think that's incredible, and I wish – more people would. I don't love dwellers, if I'm being honest. I can't. I that that energy just really brings me down, and I just I can't stand that. So I love picking up on that from you. Um, I want to be very conscious of your time, and we're we're pushing our my the hour here. Um, but you're obviously extremely successful, and today's podcast is about you. Um, sounds like you have an incredible family, and I think that's super important for. Somebody like you, uh, obviously your wife is extremely supportive. So uh, shout out your family. I mean, just tell us a little bit about them, what the fi- family life is like, maybe some upcoming plans of your family because that's yeah. important stuff, man. Yeah, man, life is crazy. I yeah. mean, five kids, like you're living in the city. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, we're, we're, we're kind of being in the most, we're in the most challenging time right now. Like we, my oldest is 13. My oldest is a girl. Uh, you know, going into her teenager years, um, you know, and she has four younger brothers. Oh boy. So you can, <laughs> so I just there, just yeah. telling you there what's yeah. going on is like, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like yesterday, yesterday I had to, I had to fix some molding in the house. Cause you know, things got a little crazy in the house with the kids and, you know, just wrestling around, kicking things around. So it's like, 
it's nuts. You know, I'm not going to, it's, I'm not going to sit here like, yeah, you know, family time is like, we're, we're, it is great, but we're, we're, we're in a really challenging space right now. We're like, you know, a, a lot of things were, um, you know, just the kids are kids and they're, yeah. they're, they're kind of going through their phases. Um, my wife has, has been amazing though. I, I met her when I first moved to Chicago. Um, I had met her through our church. Uh, we were in a, and kind of like a, a group together for kind of young professionals and, we were friends for a long time and, and, you know, got married and still go to the same church today. And it's a big part of our lives. And, you know, that's something we want to, our big goal for the next year, you know, is continue to do that and, and, and kind of look to that as sort of the source of, of strength for us because, you know, through, through any crazy time, right. That's you, you have to have some sort of strong foundation, especially um, the last two years have been like super difficult in terms of like, just going through a lot of health stuff with my youngest, who's uh, just now turned two. Um, he's been through two brain surgeries. Uh, he's doing better now. Um, my wife has gone through some some health stuff this past year. Um, but man, the ups and downs, right? Like it's uh, it's real. Yeah. And I think it comes back to who is your foundation. You know, um, for us as God, it's figuring out. Um, you know, what type of mindset do you want to have? It's not saying that we have this positive growth mindset all the time, man. It's like, it is challenging. For it sure. is extremely challenging with everything going on, right? Um, in your world and in the world around us. So um, it is about, you know, taking the small wins and figuring out how to kind of go day by day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got, you know, oldest girl, four boys, they're uh, super into sports, you know, so we have a lot of activity, a lot of coordination. Yeah. Um, but I think it goes back to this time with them, I have to remember is not going to last forever. Like my youngest is already 13. She's gone away for like camp last year already for like five weeks at a time. So, you know, it's not, it's not far Right. for the other kids to get there and um you don't want you don't want to look back and 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 try to figure out re, try to remember moments when these moments to just be kind of living right in your in your head and your heart all the time because you know you had them right mm -hmm. because it does go by extremely fast um even in you got to remember that every day <laughs> even in in the, in the 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 tough stuff right um but you know, more so when when things really come to face when you're 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 faced with like even like particular like health stuff, you know that's when it really hits the fan for sure. And I think I think that's the the reflection for 2023, which is great. Like we're talking now, like 2024 is like just becoming more grateful that we had 2023 in general, yeah. right? To to go through it, and uh, you know, and not not hang up too much like how much we we lost during that time, but you know, how much did we learn? Right. I love it, man. That's good stuff. That's great stuff. Actually. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with everybody. Cause it's, it's just so fun to, that's what makes you, you right. That's your, that's your goal. That's your why is your family. And I think, uh, you know, everybody's different, but it, it all comes down to the support you have. And it sounds like your support system's pretty incredible. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want, as we get to winding down, I want you to tell me about the brand you're wearing on your hat and then <laughs> share yeah. as a football coach. I just can't. So here's the, I'm from Martin County, Minnesota is my home County. Um, about seven hours away from Chicago is where I grew up, uh, right on I-90. Uh, yeah. so, but it's the pork producing capital of the world. Uh, they call it bacon capital of the world. Right. So, and then obviously Love being it. a football coach, that hat is really speaking <laughs> to me. Um, so I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. So again, like part of the business is, you know, having that client side, having the, 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 uh, I call it the, the, uh, the EDU side, the course stuff, the, the teaching, like, I love to do that. The other side is the innovation side. Like what are some things that I could create product wise that are fun yeah. and are, are creative and cool. Cause I've, I've come from a, uh, kind of creative background. I was, I was, uh, for a hot minute, I was an art major in, in school. I, I wanted to be a graphic designer, being to be a creative director. Um, but 
coming up with ideas of just representing who I am at that time. And this, like I said, my boy started um, tackle football for the first time this fall. And that experience, man, with this with this organization in Chicago, Northside, uh, Northside Football, shout out to them. Um, you know, we were really skeptical, like, you know, tackle football for the kids at such a young age, but they just did such a great job. And I think layered with, and I'll get to why I created the hat, layered with what everything was going on in our lives this past year, two years with health stuff, and some of the things that the kids, the boys had to sort of try to process and, and, and being young kids, you can't really process that stuff through normal sort of conversation. And, you know, they, they process things differently. And, uh, we were, they, they sort of lost a little bit of interest in playing soccer this for the entire year. So we wanted to find a new outlet. Yeah. End up finding this football program and the way they build a team dynamic and the way the kids were able to kind of jump into this experience and be able to process a lot of their feelings on the field um, was just amazing. Like I, we could have been more proud and, and more excited about the experience they've had this whole season. Yep. And we're hooked. We're like, we're hooked. I mean, just the camaraderie they had with the kids, um, the wins, the losses, the practices, like just them just asking me every day when they were, we were able to get their gear putting on their gear for them, putting on their, their helmets, you know, it's like, it was like, it was amazing. Yeah. And it was, uh, and, and became like, I've always wanted to play football, never got to play football, but you know, we became football, a football family and, uh, and we were just coming up with ideas on like different things to wear hats. And, you know, um, we, I was born and raised in Detroit. So, you know, the lines are doing good this year. So we're, we're happy about that for the first time. Um, this is a representation of like where I'm at in life and like what we are, are passionate about. And, you know, we've always said, you know, let's go throw the pigskin around. Yeah. It's, it's like, a it's like those, you know, the moments where you get to play with your boys and just play, play ball. Uh, we would go out on non practice days and go to the field and practice and throw that pigskin around. And it's just like a representation of, of our, our season that we were in and, and that we were proud of and want to wear it and came up with this logo and, um, there it is. Yeah. I love it. Is that available for people to buy? Yeah. yeah. I'll send you guys a link. It's on Gumroad. I put it up there. Um, it's like a print on demand. Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, this is the, there may be different colors, but this is the one color we have right now. So, um, That's there may sweet. be a sweatshirt coming. Cool. So sweatshirts and hoodies and hats, man. So yeah, I'll have you text me that link and I'll definitely send it out to people. I'm buying one. I go. just, I can't get, the, get over get it. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, <laughs> That is so cool. I love that representation. I mean, it's just sweet. It's something simple too. And I mean, as soon as this popped on, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Right? Like that's, uh, <laughs> I love so, it. yeah, no, it's very cool. Um, where can everybody connect with you if they choose to do following listening this? Yeah, you can, you can search me on, I'm on LinkedIn, Carlo Navarro. Um, you can go to Carlo Navarro.com. Shout out. Every, shout out where everything is, everything is. Um, you can sign up for the, you can do a pre-sign up for the course. Um, and, um, one more shout out to the course stuff is that I'm just not, I didn't want you to just sell a course. Right. Uh, what, what you're going to get is actually, I set up a, a private Slack group for podcasters. So even if you don't buy the course, you sign up for this newsletter, like get into this Slack group. Cause there's, the thing is like tools change every day. Sure. The way, I mean, the way to promote every day. There's new tips on this and there's new tips on YouTube and the X, Y, Z. It's like, we're here to help each other out and we're here to help synthesize like that process. And if you're serious about kind of, you know, honing your craft in this space, like you're going to need a community and that's what it is. Like a lot of podcasters out there, a lot of how to's, um, let's just, I want to figure out a way to have a kind of thriving community around this craft. Um, and I'm hoping to do that to do that with this, with this Slack group. So you get the Slack group, um, you know, you'll get, you'll get like half off the course when it launches. And then what, what my plan is to do, um, every quarter is to do like a masterclass. I want to bring in someone else, like a, a, a successful podcaster, a successful audio editor, sure, successful, like YouTuber. And just like, kind of just continue to hone this craft of like telling, it's like, I call it story, you know, storytelling at scale. Yeah. How do we continue to do that? So 
yeah, carlonavarro.com. You'll find everything. Um, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys showing any support. And I, I'll, I'm going to get this hat up there soon too, but I'll, I'll send you guys a link. I'll, I'll provide Bennett the link. Yeah. That's so cool. I can't wait. I'm excited for the class, all that stuff. You're doing good stuff, man. Um, I'm super appreciative of you taking time uh, to do this with me. Uh, I was excited for it. Um, shout out Jonathan for connecting us. But uh, I, yeah, dude, I'm so glad that we were finally able to connect. And I look forward to more of this and, and just different conversations and different spaces with you. So appreciate you so much, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you too, man. All right. Well, appreciate you all for listening. Um, this is dropping the day after Christmas, so hopefully you survived. No family drama. Everybody did good. Um, and I hope that you're you're not dwelling your short week of work into the new year weekend. So appreciate you all for listening. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Take care, everybody.